Hi there! Welcome to the third episode of the new season of Stories That Made Us. This is the final part of our story of Kilbert and Olwen, a medieval tale of Great Britain, based on the fantastical world of the great King Arthur. Check out the first two episodes for a complete recap of the tale thus far. In a nutshell, in the previous episodes, we spoke of the birth of Kilwick, the son of King Kelid. His mother passed away at childbirth, and after seven years, the father, King Kilid, sought the hand of the wife of King Dogged as his second queen. The new queen, upon meeting Kilwick, convinced the young boy to seek the hand of Olwen the daughter of the deadly giant Yespedadan Pencor. The young man Kilwick, besotted by the idea of marriage to Olwen, sought the help of his cousin, King Arthur, the ruler of British Isles, to find the beautiful damsel, to which the king kindly obliged. He sent his knights along with Kilwick in search of Yespedadan Pencor. Upon finding the castle of the giant, Kilwick asked for his daughter's hand in marriage, to which the giant, at first, attempted to assassinate King Arthur's men. Having failed thrice in the assassination attempts, the giant finally yielded, and spoke of quests for the young lad and his companions to achieve, thereby proving to one and all their suitability for the hand of his daughter. Upon hearing the quest, Kilwick and his companions returned to King Arthur to plan and proceed in the best manner possible. The first of their tasks was to secure the companionship of Mabon, the son of Modron. To this effect, they had to first free Mabon's cousin, Adewell, which they promptly did, and then went about asking the whereabouts of Mabon. Now this man, was hard to find, for he was snatched from his parents when he was but three nights old. The knights of King Arthur searched all over the lands for him, until they were met by an owl, the bird. Gwerver, one of the knights who could also converse with birds and animals of all kinds, then promptly asked the bird if it had heard of Mabon. The man who was snatched from his mother's bosom when just three nights old. To this, the bird replied that she hadn't. But she promised to lead the knights to one who may have heard of this man so sought by Arthur's men. The story for this week continues from here. So the bird, the owl, took the knights to the place where dwelt the Stag of Redenver. Stag of Redenver, behold, we are come to you, an embassy from the great King Arthur, for we have not heard of an animal older than you. Say, do you know what happened to Mabon, the son of Modron, he who was taken from his mother when just three nights old? Then asked Gwirhir of the Stag, to this, the stag replied, When I first came here, there was a plain all around me, without any trees, 
save one oak sapling which grew up to be an oak with a hundred branches. And that oak has since perished, so that now nothing remains of it but the withered stump. And from that day to this, I have been here. Yet I have never heard of the man for whom you inquire. Nevertheless, being an embassy from Arthur, I will be your guide to the place where there is an animal which was formed before I was. And so, the stag took the knights of King Arthur to the place where dwelt the Owl of Quim Colwood. Owl of Quim Colwood, here is an embassy from King Arthur. Know you of Mabon, the son of Modron, he who was taken after three nights from his mother, then asked the stag of the owl. To this the owl replied, If I had known, I would tell you. When first I came here, the wide valley you see was a wooded glen, and the race of men came and rooted it up, and there grew a second forest, and this forest that you see today is the third. I have witnessed all this, so old am I. Yet, in all this time, even until today, I have never heard of the man for whom you inquire. Nevertheless, I will be the guide of Arthur's embassy until you come to the place where is the oldest animal in this world, and the one that has travelled the most the Eagle of Gwern Abbey. And so, the knights went next to the eagle. Sir Gwerhir, one who could speak the languages of the animals, then spoke to the eagle. Eagle of Gwern Abbey, we have come to you an embassy from Arthur, to ask you of Mabon, the son of Modron who was taken from his mother when he was three nights old. The eagle said, I have been here for a great space of time, and when I first came here there was a gigantic rock, from the top of which I pecked at the stars every evening. And now this rock is not so much as a span high. From that day to this I have been here, and I have never heard of the man for whom you inquire, except once when I went in search of food as far as Lin Liu. And when I came there, I struck my talons into a salmon, thinking he would serve me as food for a long time. But the fish drew me into the deep, and I was scarcely able to escape from him. After that, I went with my whole kindred to attack the salmon and to try to destroy him. But the fish sent messengers and made peace with me. Unless this fish, this salmon, knows something of him who you see, I cannot tell who may. However, I will guide you to the place where this salmon lives. And so, they went to the bank of the river where the salmon lived, and the eagle then said, Salmon of Lin Liu, I have come to you with an embassy from Arthur, 
to ask if you know of Mabon, the son of Modron, who was taken away at three nights old from his mother. To this, the salmon replied, As much as I know, I will tell you. With every tide I go along the river upward, until I come near to the walls of Gloucester. And there have I found such wrong as I have never found elsewhere. And that is where you should look. And since you are the knights of King Arthur, I offer to carry two of you to this prison of Gloucester. So Sir Kai and Sir Gwirir went upon the two shoulders of the salmon, and they proceeded until they came unto the wall of the prison. And there they heard a great wailing and lamenting from the dungeon. Then said Gwirir, Who is it that laments in this house of stone? Alas, came the reply from behind the prison wall, there is reason enough for whoever is here to lament. It is Mabon, the son of Modron who is imprisoned here, and no imprisonment was ever so grievous as mine. What would it take to release you? Then said Sir Kai. Would gifts of gold set you free? No good sirs, then replied Mabon. By fighting will whatever I gain be obtained. The embassy then returned to Arthur, and they told him where Mabon, the son of Modron, was imprisoned. And Arthur summoned the warriors of the island, and they journeyed as far as Gloucester, to the place where Mabon was imprisoned. Sir Kai and Sir Bedwyr went upon the shoulders of the fish, while the warriors of Arthur attacked the castle. And Kai broke through the wall into the dungeon, and brought away the prisoner upon his back, whilst the fight was going on between the warriors. And then Arthur returned home, and Mabon with him at liberty. Then. Upon returning to the castle, said Arthur, Which of the remaining marvels will it be best for us to seek first? It will be best to seek for the two cubs of Ghast Rimi. The cubs would be our guide in seeking out and hunting the boar that was mandated by Yspadadan Pankor. Then said Kilwick. Is it known, asked Arthur, where she is? She is in Aber Duclidif, said one of Arthur's men. And then Arthur went to the house of Tringad in Aber Clidif, and he inquired of him whether he had heard of Gast Rimi there. In what form may she be? asked Arthur. She is in the form of a she-wolf, replied Tringad and with her there are two cubs. She has often slain my herds, and she is there below a cave in Aberclediff. So Arthur went in his ship Predwin by the sea, and the others went by land to hunt the she-wolf, and they surrounded her and her two cubs. 
When Arthur and his men finally approached the she-wolf, she asked for the reason for their anger and vehemence. After Sir Gwerhir told her the story of all that had transpired, she and her cubs agreed to help Arthur and Kilwick in their quest. Now while the knights of King Arthur were busy hunting the she-wolf and her cubs, they came upon an unexpected gift. On a certain day, as Gwythir, the son of Greydol, was walking over a mountain, he heard a wailing and a grievous cry. And when he heard it, he sprang forward and went towards it. And when he came there, he drew his sword and smote off an anthill close to the earth. The grateful ants then said to him, Receive from us the blessing of heaven, and that which no man can give you, we will give to you. And then the ants fetched the nine bushels of flaxseed which Yespedad and Pencor had required of Kilwe, and they brought the full measure without lacking any, except the one flaxseed that was stolen by a robber. Now Sir Kai and Bedwin went in search of the robber to retrieve the flaxseed, and lo and behold, their tracks led to Dillis Varvak. Now the hairs from the beard of Dillis Varwak were required for the betrothal of Olwen and Kilwin, as mandated by the bright-to-be's father, Yespedadin Pencor. Behold! There is the greatest robber that has ever fled from Arthur, then said Sir Bedwer unto Sir Kai. Do you know him? then asked Sir Bedwer. I do know him, answered Kai. He is Dillis Warwalk, and we require the hairs from his beard. For Yespedadan Pencor has said that no leash in the world will be able to hold Drudwin, the cub of Grey save a leash made from the beard of this man. And even then that would be useless, unless his beard be plucked when he is alive with wooden tweezers. For if dead, his beard will be brittle. How should we proceed? Then said Bedwer. Let him eat, eat as much as he will of the animal that he hunts now and after that he will fall asleep. And that will be our chance to strike," replied Sir Kai. Now while the two knights waited for Dillis Warwalk to hunt, cook, eat and then sleep, they employed themselves in making the wooden tweezers. And when Sir Kai knew certainly that the robber was asleep, he made a pit under the man's feet, the largest in the world, and he struck Dillis Warwalk a violent blow and squeezed him into this pit. And then they filled the pit with mud before Dillis Warwalk could wake up. When the robber did awake, he was unable to move, and the two knights then twitched out his beard completely with the wooden tweezers. And after that, they slew him altogether. And from there, 
the two knights went to Gallywick in Cornwall, and they took the leash made of Dillus Warwick's beard with them, and they gave it unto Arthur's hand. Then said Arthur, Now that we have the leash to hold Drudwin, let us seek out this animal, this cub of great, the son of Eri, for it too is required to hunt the boar. Now the search for Drudwin, the cub of great, took Arthur and his men all the way to Credilad, where the daughter of Ludlaw Arien and Gwither, the son of Gredol, were engaged and about to get married. And before she had become his bride, Gwyn Apnud came and carried her away by force. And Gwither, the son of Gredol, gathered his host together and went to fight with Gwyn Apnud. But Gwyn overcame him and, among others, captured Gred. When Arthur, in his search for Gredol, heard of this, he went to the north and summoned Gwyn Apnud before him and set free the nobles whom he had put in prison. Arthur then made peace between Gwyn Apnud and Gwythir, the son of Gredol. And when Arthur had thus reconciled these chieftains, he obtained, much to his satisfaction and surprise, not only Drudwin, the cub of Craid, but also Midwin, Gredwu's horse, and the leash of Quirs Kant Ewen. All these items were required to hunt the boar, Twitch Trivet. And after that, Arthur went to Armorica with his host, and with him also went Mabon to seek the two dogs of Clithmere Ledwig. And when he had got them, he went to the west of Ireland in search for Gwirgi Seven. And Odgar, the son of Aid, the king of Ireland, went with Arthur. And from there, Arthur went into the north and captured Kiladir Wilt. And afterward, Arthur went after the boar Yiskitherwin Penbai, whose tusk, the father-in-law of Kilwe, Yespedadan Pencor, needed to shave his beard with. Eventually, Mabon, the son of Modron, had secured the dogs of Glithmer Ledwig and also Drudwig, the cub of Greid, the son of Eri. Now with the aid of these hounds and the help of Arthur's own dog, Caval, Arthur and his men rode valiantly up to the boar and cleaved its head in two. They cooked and ate the flesh of the boar, whilst taking away its tusk and keeping it safe for Yispadadan Pencor. And after this boar was killed, Arthur and his host departed to Gellirik in Cornwall. When there, he sent Menwu to see if the precious things as mentioned by Yispadadan Pencor the father of the beautiful maid Olwen, were between the two years of the boar Twerch Trivet. Yispedadan Pencor had sought from this very boar a pair of scissors, a razor, and a comb, 
which were all kept between the two years of the boar. And Menwu, upon the orders of King Arthur, went to seek for the animal, and he met with the boar in Ireland. And Menwu then took the form of a bird, and he descended upon the top of the boar's lair, and strove to snatch away one of the precious things from him. But Menwu could carry away nothing but one of the animal's bristles. And the boar rose up angrily, and shook himself so that some of his venom fell upon Menwu. And the poor man was never well from that day forward. Now while Menwu was busy with this boar, Arthur had sent an embassy to Odgar, the son of Aid, the king of Ireland, to ask for the cauldron of Dwernach Widell, who was Odgar's purveyor. Now this cauldron was required to cook the meat for the feast of the wedding, and Odgar, upon hearing the tale of Kilwick and Olwen, commanded Dwernach Widell to give it. But Dwernach refused, and the embassy of Arthur returned from Ireland with this denial. Arthur then sent forward with a small retinue and sailed over to Ireland and they proceeded into the house of Dwernach Widell. When the purveyor still refused to part with the cauldron, Bedwyr arose and seized hold of the cauldron. And the knights then slew Dwernach Widell and his company. This greatly angered Odgar, for the assault was an insult to him and to all of Ireland. And so came the Irish, and fought with the men of King Arthur. After a short battle, King Arthur's men put the Irish to flight, and Arthur with his men went forward to the ship, carrying away the cauldron full of Irish money. And that is how the cauldron was secured. Now after Arthur returned with the cauldron, he was met with Menwu, who related to Arthur all that had happened to him. Upon hearing the story of Menwu and how he was bested by the boar, Arthur took with him all the valiant footmen and horsemen and went after the boar. Arthur went as far as Esgair Orwell in Ireland to the place where the boar tripped was with his seven young pigs. And the dogs were then let loose upon the boar from all sides. That day, until the evening, the men of King Arthur fought with the boar. Nevertheless, the animal laid waste to all the men. And on the next day, the knights of King Arthur fought with Trith the boar, and they too were defeated by the animal and got no advantage. On the third day, Arthur himself encountered the wild creature, and the king fought with the boar for nine nights and nine days without so much as injuring the animal. The warriors inquired of Arthur what was the origin of that swine, and he told them that he was once a king, and that God had transformed him into a swine for his sins. 
Realizing that the fighting was getting him nowhere with the boar, Arthur then sent his knight, Gwerhir, to endeavor to speak with him. Sir Gwerhir assumed the form of a bird and alighted upon the top of the lair where the boar was with the seven young pigs. And Gwerhir then asked the animal, By him who turned you into this form, if you can speak, let someone of you, I beseech you, come and talk with Arthur. To this the boar replied, By him who turned us to this form, I will not do so, and I will not speak with this Arthur. That we have been transformed thus is enough for us to suffer without you coming here to fight with us. I will tell you, then said Gwerhir, Arthur comes but to fight for the comb and the razor and the scissors which are between your two ears. To this then replied the boar, Twerch Trivet, But if we take Arthur's life first, he will never have these precious things of mine that he so seeks. And tomorrow morning, me and my piglets will rise up hence, and we will go into Arthur's country, and there we will do all the mischief that we can. Arthur, upon hearing of this encounter, took his retinue and his legions to the coast of Wales, where he awaited the poor Twerch Trivet. Twerch Trivet landed in Porth Place in Divet and began to rain havoc. They killed the cattle, men and all beasts, before the coming of Arthur. Now by the time Arthur approached, the boar went far inland, bringing havoc and misery wherever the animal went. Finally, King Arthur caught up with the boar and his piglets in a place known as Quim Kerwin. And there, the boar made a stand and slew four of Arthur's companions. And after he had slain this man, he made a second stand in the same place. And there, he slew more of Sir Arthur's knights. But there, the animal himself was wounded. The battle nevertheless continued, and King Arthur suffered the loss of many more men. Then the animal went as far the land known as Glyn Yitsu, and there the men and the dogs lost him. And all the huntsmen went to hunt the swine as far as different liquor, but the men were hunted down such that no one escaped but one man only. And this man came back to recount his tale. Angered, Arthur then sent more men and dogs upon the boar. But every time the king's men caught up with the animal, he and his piglets killed more and more of the king's men. Finally, Arthur had had enough. He summoned all of Cornwall and Devon unto him, to the estuary of the Severn. And he said to the warriors of this island, The boar has slain many of my men, 
but by the valor of warriors where I live. The animal shall not go into Cornwall, and I will not follow him any longer, but I will oppose him life to life. And so Arthur resolved that he would send a body of knights with the dogs of the island, and that tried warriors should traverse the island and force the boar into Severn. Arthur, meanwhile, journeyed to Severn with Mabon, the son of Modron, and Goro, the son of Custanen, and Manuel. It is in Severn that Arthur fell upon the animal together with all the champions of Britain. And the knights drew near, and they seized hold of the boar, catching the animal first by its feet and overwhelming it. On the one side, Mabon, the son of Modron, spurred his steed and snatched the boar's razor from him. And meanwhile, Kiledir Wilt came up with him on the other side, upon another steed, and took from the animal the scissors. But before they could obtain the comb, Twirch Truet, the boar, had regained the ground with his feet, and from that moment, till when the animal reached the shore, neither dog, nor man, nor horse could overtake him, until he came to Cornwall. Arthur and his hosts proceeded until they overtook the boar in Cornwall, and the trouble which they had met with before was a mere play compared to what they encountered in seeking the comb, the last item of Yespedadan Pencor's list. But from one difficulty to another, the comb was at last obtained. And then the boar was hunted from Cornwall and driven straight forward into the deep sea. And from then onwards, it was never known where the animal went. And this is how the ordeal with the boar was ended. And this is how Arthur secured for Kilwick the razor, the scissor, and the comb. Afterward, when Arthur and his men had recovered from this quest, said the king to his knights, Is there any one of the marvels yet unobtained? We still require the blood of the witch Ordu, the daughter of the witch Orwen of Pentnant Govid, on the confines of hell. This is the last of the quests, said King Arthur's knights. Arthur then set forth towards the north, and came to the place which was the witch's cave. Upon reaching the entrance to the cave, Arthur sent two men to fight with the witch. And as the two men entered the cave, the witch seized upon them and drove them both out with kicks and with cuffs. And Arthur was wroth at seeing his two attendants almost slain and he sought to enter the cave. But his knights then said to the king, It will not be fitting or seemly for us to see you squabbling with a hack. Let others go into the cave. And so two more men were chosen to enter the cave. But if great was the trouble of the first two that went, much greater was the trouble of these two. 
and heaven knows what happened to them, but neither of the men returned. Angered, Arthur then rushed to the door of the cave, and at the door, he struck at the witch with his dagger, and clove her in two, so that she fell in two parts. Sir Kai then took the blood of the witch and kept it. And so, slowly but surely, all the tasks that the giant Yispedad and Pencor had set for Kilwick and the knights of King Arthur were completed, one after the other. When all was done, Kilwick set forward, as did Goru, the son of Kustanek, and with them came all those who wished ill to Yispedad and Pencor, and they took the marvels with them to his court. And Sir Kai then came and shaved the giant's beard, skin and flesh clean off to the bone from year to year. Are you shaved, man? Then said Kilwick. I am shaved, thus answered the giant. Is your daughter mine now? She is yours, said he. But know that I do not give her to you of my own free will. But she has been obtained for you by Arthur, who has accomplished all the tasks that were meant for you. By my free will, you should never have had her, for with her gone, I lose my life. Then Goru, the son of Kustenin, seized Yispedad and Pencor by the hair of his head, and dragged him after him to the keep, and there, he cut off the giant's head and placed it on a stake on the citadel. Then they took possession of his castle and of his treasures. And that night, Olwen became Kilwick's bride, and she continued to be his wife as long as she lived, and the hosts of Arthur dispersed themselves, each man to his own country. And thus, did Kilwick obtain Olwen, the daughter of Yispedadan Pencor? That concludes the tale of Kilwick and Olwen, a story of one of the great quests of King Arthur and his knights. If you liked the episode, help us out by leaving a feedback and a rating on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. It helps others discover us, and also encourages us to improve. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Instagram, so join us by checking out the handle at StoriesTHTMDEUS for both of those apps. Email us at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com with your feedback, questions, or just to say hello. Join us again next week for a new tale of the quests of heroes. Until then, goodbye.